MIAA Assistant Commissioner Riley Egger. Thank you for joining me tonight. Just, you know, it's been a long week, I think, for you guys, especially the league office, athletic directors, universities in the MIAA and across Division Two, Division Three. Um, what's the outlook, I guess, right now, just kind of looking at what's transpired? Yeah, you talk about a long week, um, not a lot of sleep for a lot of athletic administrators leading up to it. And then Wednesday, Wednesday night to last night, I don't think anybody's got any sleep. We're, we're definitely, you know, disheartened about the announcement from the NCAA. You know, our hearts go out to, you know, student athletes, coaches. You know, I was a former student athlete, uh, you know, played football. So I, I feel the pain for, you know, the student athletes with the announcement of a championship. That's what you play for. That's what you work for. You know, and this is supposed to be really the joyous time where you're coming together. There's a lot of hope. You know, your season's starting. You're, you're going to be with your friends, your teammates. Coaches are getting back together. Um, so to hear the news from the NCAA was very, very disheartening. Um, and and we th you know, we're thinking about every coach, every student athlete right now, uh, and just kind of what they're going through. So it's, it's been difficult to, to process the last couple of days. It's been a long last couple of days. But, you know, we're definitely thinking about the student athletes and, and the coaches as well. I talking to athletic directors and coaches, um, the announcement I don't think was a surprise that this was happening. The timing, though, I think caught a lot of people off guard. Is that kind of how the league kind of felt was maybe the timing on when this announcement occurred? Because we've talked about it all summer, that this was a possibility, but maybe the timing was more the when it was decided. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I mean – I think a lot of our, the athletic administrators, people around college sports kind of knew, especially in division two, II, division three, you know, that the, the ball is probably rolling in this direction. So, you know, you, you're definitely surprised by it, caught off guard. You, you can think about it, but you never truly brace for something like this. Um, but yeah, I, I think we've thought about that and, and, you know, some contingency plans have been made. Um, but, you know, I think Chris, the more troubling piece of information we got Wednesday was just the testing guidelines from the NCAA and kind of the requirements they're putting on that and you know the hardest part about that is a lot of the requirements that they they put out for the return of sport um, guidelines is what they call it kind of contradict what local and state health officials say too so you know we're, we're sitting here as our athletic administrators in the conference you know looking at these and saying okay how how can we meet these and how can we satisfy what our state and local officials are saying as well and, and to that point, where is the MIAA sitting right now? You know, right now we're still kind of exploring what we're looking at our options. The biggest thing um, that we've talked to our athletic directors and our presence about was, can your university meet these guidelines? You know, the guidelines are extremely strict with testing. Um, you know, they're asking to test student athletes when they get on campus. And then for the sports of football, volleyball, and soccer, they're asking to test weekly. Um, 72 hours prior to the event and then you're asking to test the non in those sport, those athletes in the in the other sports try and test them um, once to, once twice you know a week there it, it's tough it's you know the, these guidelines right there made it tough and then the other thing they kind of dealt uh, with the guidelines was insurance coverage so if a student athlete were were to get COVID-19 you know the insurance would have to you know pick that costs up so there is no out of uh, pocket cost of student athletes so that's a pretty big ask for a lot of division twos where you know your division ones yes that might be a hit financially but they have you know the money to offset that division two and division three 
we, we, we don't. And that was, you know, that was a very troubling to see those guidelines and that, that definitely was something we weren't ready for and we weren't, we weren't braced for. And, and, and the way I look at it is I don't think there was a way for you guys to brace for that side of it, just because we, you talk about it, division two's budgets aren't built like division one. I mean, it's no secret. There there's huge differences between what division two budgets look like and division ones, even FCS. And then you get into the power fives, a, a lot of difference. What do you guys do now? here in the next couple of weeks of figuring out about, you know, that testing side, because that's going to cost thousands of dollars. I mean, it's new testing, got to figure out, you know, how, like you said, how you're going to test, what you're going to do. A lot of universities and higher education struggle already before COVID. So now you have this on top of it too. Yeah. And that, that's kind of where we're at right now with our you know, athletic directors and presidents, you know, and, and they're meeting with our legal counsel as well of, you know, what, what do we do? How do we you know, develop our plan? Because, you know, you know the, the, the core thing here is we need to keep our student athletes, our students, our athletic administrators, our campus, our communities safe. That, we, that's you know, been the forefront all along. But, you know, these tests aren't cheap. You know, I, you know we've heard upward around, you know, test every student athlete from now until December, you know, anywhere from $300,000 to $600,000 you know, that, that's a, a pricey price tag for, you know, some universities are, you know, had budget cuts already. Some are looking at budget cuts, you know, and we're anticipating budget cuts down the line from, you know, the economic impact we felt, um, you know, back in March and April, May. So there's some tough conversations going on on campus right now of, of how do we pay, how do we afford this? Who, you know, how can we pay for it now, later? Where's that come from? So it's, you know, a lot of difficult questions in, in our campuses have got to be, you know, expected to answer those so that they can meet those guidelines from the NCAA. Taking away that part of the whole equation, which is hard to do because that's the biggest part of the equation right now, it just kind of feels like the, the budget side of this with testing and everything with the NCAA brought down. How was everybody feeling across the league about getting ready to go? I know it's still another six, seven weeks before, you know, mm -hmm games are supposed to start but I mean there, there's still a bit of time there but also at the same time there's not much time either but how is everybody feeling well you know prior to Wednesday I think there was a lot of optimism you know with the we announced the delay uh, back in July to the schedules that you know not only gave us a, a couple of couple weeks to you know get get our student athletes acclimated with the students on campus but it gave our universities times to work time to work through their plan, um, how do they're going to deal with fans, you know, how they want to handle those things. So there, there, were, there was optimism. And I think a lot of people were starting to get that excitement back in the air. Um, but, you know, there was still that, that sense of, okay, how do we do this safely? How can we do that there? And then, you know, Wednesday's announcement from the NCAA, you know, the, the guidelines that, you know, were extremely strict, you know, that, that kind of threw a wrench in a lot of those plans because of the testing aspect of it just might not be feasible for some universities. Riley, you mentioned earlier, you know, you being a former student athlete and seeing social media and seeing kind of the disappointment and the, the reactions to the, this decision, which wasn't in any of your hands either. Just what do you guys do for the student athletes at this point? Just because, I mean, yeah, the spring athletes went through it. But now that we're talking another group of athletes going through this potentially too. 
Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing you know we're doing is is we're trying to do everything we can to you know give them a competition. If if we can't do competitions, how can we keep them together as a team? You know, how can they can still continue to do practices or meet with coaches, do workouts, and that's the biggest thing we have to do because you know as a former student athlete, when you when you're not around your teammates, it's completely different, and that's you know. That, that's a big part of who you are as a student athlete. That's your identity. That's who you hang out with. So, you know, tr- for us, it's trying to do everything we can within the rules set forth by the NCAA to allow those things to happen. Um, and, and also it's working with our campus administrators to provide the resources for mental health, you know, resources or, or different options like that. So student athletes can, you know, can reach out and get the help they need because it, again, it is a big identity as a student athlete is you know playing the games being around those people and if if that's taken from you that's a lot to deal with and we saw the spring student athletes they you know they had that and I think our campuses did a good job providing those resources for for the student athletes but you know we're going to do everything possible to make sure we're you know thinking of them but staying within the rules that we're allowed to work in. The way I look at it, too, is the NCAA kind of painted everybody into a corner here with the cancellations, where if you do go the way the MIAA had it set up, at least for football, at least you had seven contests in the fall. Not enough technically to get a true champion out of that. There's always that talk of putting them in the spring. But with the NCAA doing this, other conferences moving into spring, do you guys have to explore that option maybe more now? But at the same time, there's so many – activities in the spring and sports in the spring too how's that balancing act to just kind of walking through it this right now well I think the first part of that is you know looking at the NCAA guidelines are those are those for all sports or are they going to apply just for the fall so I think once we get clarification on that then we can move on to that um you know with, with sports in the spring I, I don't really know if I have an answer for that because you know, that, that's a lot to put on our universities when you think of, you know, 14, 15 different sports that they represent. A lot of them are going to play, you know, from a time from, what, February, March to April-ish in there where there's that cro- – they call it crossover season. You know, that's a lot on facilities. That's a lot on athletic training staffs, sports information staffs. You know, that, that's a lot to do for, you know, for our universities that are, you know, already on tight budgets, that are already, you know, short staff in some areas so that that's a big ask for them but you know right now I think the focus is you know looking at those NCAA guidelines and seeing you know is is this gonna apply in all sports all year and kind of navigating that and then working from there next and what is now what is the timeline that you guys are working with here in the next few days um you know the biggest thing right now is you know our campus administrators are working together to see if they can meet those guidelines and then, you know, can they meet the state and local health guidelines as well? Um, but the plan right now is our president's or CEO council will meet on August 13th and, and we'll go from there. Um, I'm going to guess the bulk of that discussion is going to be, you know, who can meet those guidelines and who can't meet those guidelines and kind of developing a plan from there. And going back to that local health department and state for the most part, it felt like, I mean, Nottoway County and Maryville had an uptick in cases here recently. But was everybody, for the most part, including Northwest Maryville, able to be under those guidelines that we've seen? Because really, it didn't look like, from just looking at everybody, there wasn't a lot of issues in the, the 
cities where the universities are leading up to this. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that that was the biggest thing we we're looking at is, you know, this the schools, each school is going to make that decision themselves. The conference office wasn't going to make that decision. You know, we left that up to the schools, um, how they did that and how they looked at that. So, you know, everything we were hearing from our universities is they were you know, planning on having, you know, kicking off the season when they when we could. Um, but, you know, right now, I think a lot of them are going to have to re reevaluate the testing guidelines. Riley, you get you out of here on this one. Um, now looking ahead, August 13th is the next meeting for, for the, the council. W what's the message you give the student athletes that aren't in the dark anymore, they know what's going on, but kind of moving them forward to know that you guys are seeing what can be done at this point? I think the first thing is, you know, we're to the student athletes is we're thinking about them. You know, we're, you know, our heart goes out to them to the coaches, the administrators, you know, the big thing to know as a student athlete is, you know, we're making these decisions for their health and their safety. You know, these guidelines are extremely strict to meet, but we're going to do everything we can to meet them. And if, if we're unable to meet them, we're going to do what we need to do to at least, you know, allow them to, to be with their teammates and be with their coaches and find that way. So, you know, we're just not making these decisions and, and going to do something else or play golf. You know, we're, work extremely hard to make sure that their well-being is met and we're doing everything we can to make sure there's a season. And, you know, until we're told we can't meet those guidelines or we can't do that, you know, we're going to do, we're going to try everything we can for a season. MIAA Assistant Commissioner Riley Egger, thanks for the time as always. Yep. Thank you, Chris.